Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to a brand new edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast on the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. And right now, I'm going to be bringing you the latest and greatest going on around the world of Hollywood. Hope everyone is having a wonderful Friday. We've made it to the weekend. One more podcast to go. And I hope everyone is excited, hopefully doing some nice things. It's nice and sunny here in Jersey right now. So I hope wherever you guys are, wherever everybody is, it is nice and sunny out. Blue skies are out on this fall day as we look towards the weekend. Some things that I want to talk about today. A lot of it will be dedicated towards predicting this year's Emmys. The Emmys are this Sunday night. There's going to be a lot of questions as to what's going to happen with the broadcast in terms of virtual since the COVID-19 pandemic is hitting hard here in the States. Uh, but before I get into any of that stuff, the really the major movie news, or really rather a lot of TV news that I'm going to be talking about today, is one that has to do with a film studio, and that is, of course, Marvel Studios. And yesterday they made a major announcement regarding announcing one of their major cast decisions, cast members for one of their shows, and this one was for She-Hulk. And it's had a pretty big week in terms of getting a little bit of steam in the news. They have a showrunner, they hired a director earlier in the week, and yesterday they announced their lead actress to helm She-Hulk, and it will be Tatiana Malzny. And some people might be wondering, well, who in the heck is that? And I will say she is somebody that should be on a lot of people's radar as she has been in the conversation for a lot of major franchise roles for the last few years. I remember when Star Wars Episode Eight was being casted and she was one of the main actresses that was on a lot of people's front list, even in Marvel Studios for their cinematic universe. I remember hearing her name a lot. So she is somebody that has been brought up on a lot of people's list and finally she lands a coveted role in a major franchise and specifically with marvel studios on a disney plus show which is the disney plus shows are going to have a lot of connectivity now to the overall cinematic universe that kevin feige is laying out post avengers endgame and i think this is such a great role for her if you don't know who she is she is somebody who again talking about her she is a major tv actress she landed a lot of Emmy nominations and a win for her role in Orphan in Black. She just appeared on this past season of Perry Mason. So she has a lot of TV credibility. So it would make sense that Marvel would want to put her on the television side of things. And when you talk about She-Hulk, I think this is a, a great role for her because what makes She-Hulk so interesting is when I talked about it when they announced one of their directors for this series that kind of like what Hulk is where it's a, a Jekyll and Hyde, She-Hulk isn't like that. She-Hulk has the personality and the the awareness when she does transform. She still retains her personality. So I, I think that's gonna be very interesting to see how she's able to attribute that. And if you've seen her in Orphan in Black, she's able to pull off multiple personalities, multiple different characters. And to see her kind of work through this, I think it's going to be something similar. And so she has the the experience of working with multiple personalities to pull this off. And it's great to see her finally land one of these coveted roles. And again, this is just more news coming leeway for Marvel Studios. And this past week, when we talk about Marvel Studios, this has been one of their first major weeks of announcing hard-hitting news for one of their shows or one of their movies during this entire pandemic. We, we've heard a lot of rumors. And again, even with this news, Marvel themselves or Disney hasn't confirmed it. But in terms of the major trades, really kind of reporting on Marvel stuff, this has really been the first major week we've gotten that since 
since this pandemic really started, we've had obviously the pushback on a lot of the Marvel Studios release dates in terms of their phase four arsenal. But other than that, nothing else has really come out. We've gotten a lot of stuff for DC. So it was kind of nice this week to, to get a little bit of a refreshment knowing that Marvel Studios does have stuff that is down the pipeline. And we ha- we don't know what this Disney Plus experience or experiment rather is going to be like. But if it's anything like what we've gotten with The Mandalorian, I think it's going to be very exciting to see what they have coming down. And this is just the latest example of it. Now all that really comes down to is a, filling out the rest of the cast, the supporting members I'll be alongside Tatiana, and also when are they going to be filming this? Because right now this is supposedly slated to come out in 2022, so maybe next year now that a lot of productions are slowly starting to get back up and running, even Marvel is starting to get back up and running. They're finishing up shoots on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, I believe Shang-Chi is getting back into production as well in, in Australia. So everything is slowly but surely starting to ramp back up again. And I think we'll hear a lot more Marvel news coming out in the next few weeks. We've heard even this past week that as of right now in a Disney Plus announcement further fall slate, that WandaVision is still set to come out in late 2020. So whether that does happen or not, I still think there's a lot of stuff up in the air for Marvel's kind of connectivity and and how everything kind of connects. But uh, again, just getting back up to production is the, the first step. And then everything else, I think, will fall into line whenever Disney and Kevin Feige also chooses to let us know what the updated version of the future of the MCU is going to be. What do you guys think about this news that Tatiana will be playing She-Hulk? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts below. And now to move on to the major topic for today, and that is my predictions for this year's Emmy Awards. And I'm again, I'm more of somebody who follows movies and Oscars, and I follow that award season from beginning to end. But because, again, I want to cover television as well, and there's a lot of major stuff happening in television, I still want to cover the Emmys from time to time. I covered the, the nominations when they were announced, and I did this last year, and I, and I covered the award show and, and my predictions, and, and if my predictions turn, turned out to be correct or not. So I wanted to do it again this year, and this is a big Emmy season that has gone on so far. And when you look at a lot of the shows and from comedy to limited series to, to drama series, there is a lot of great diversity and in genres within each of the categories. So I think this is going to be an exciting Emmy season. This has been unpredictable, I think, when I looked at a lot of choices that people have been going with. Some of it is up in the air and a lot of kind of mainstays that were predictable winners the last few years, like Game of Thrones or Fleabag last year. You don't really have those. So there's a big slot that's open right now for a lot of questions in the air. And also when it comes to the Emmys this year, it's going to be a big question of what's the production going to look like. And I think good or not, I think the Emmys are going to have a major uptick in viewership on Sunday, not taking away from the Sunday night football crowd. I think they'll get people that are non-football fans to watch it, see what it's like, because other than Jimmy Kimmel and the presenters that are going to be at the Staples Center, everyone else is going to be at home. They've talked about 
how the production is going to be 140 remote locations that's going to feature every single one of the nominees. They've talked about how they'll either have somebody on crew handling the camera or they'll have one of the family members doing that. People are going to be wondering what is everyone going to wear? Are they going to be wearing pajamas? Are they going to be sitting down so you can't see if they're wearing pants or not? Are they going to dress up? What's it going to be like? And so there's a lot of questions going into this because of what is happening in the world and in the country because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And also, I think, kind of tying this into the Oscars, even though that show, the Academy Awards, isn't until April, this could be some kind of broad blueprint for what the Academy would look at and say, okay, if the pandemic is still this way by March, by April, when we have to do our show, or probably by even the next month or two, when they're probably planning on what they want their show to be, they can look at this and say, we can take certain elements and add them in if all does go well. So there's a lot of eyes that'll be looked at at this Emmys, a lot at stake, not just in predictions, but also the production of it. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I think Jimmy Kimmel is the right man for this show. I think he's going to bring some levity to it, but also kind of keeping the point of focus on the seriousness of what's going on there. So he knows how to kind of balance that act a little bit. So I think he's the right guy to do that. I think he's going to bring some great laughs. And I think everyone's just kind of going to go with the flow. And again, it'll be very interesting to see. I think it'll give people really personal look into a lot of these people's lives now that they're not just all glamored up and going to this auditorium and receiving these prestigious awards. It'll be very interesting to see. And as somebody who is a TV video major and somebody who wants to get into that kind of field and see what it's all about, it's going to be very interesting to find out how it all kind of plays together. So there's a lot of elements that will be at play here. And a lot of people will still be wondering what's going to take home Emmy Gold on Sunday night. So that's what I'm going to be really focusing on right now and giving my predictions for what I think will win. And again, I don't follow the Emmys as much as I do the the Oscars. And, and from, again, I follow the Oscar season from beginning to end. I know the ins and outs. I know what movies to pick on, what, what awards to pick on, who to choose, who not to choose. With the Emmys, I really don't know kind of the rule of conduct. But again, I just go with it. And, and I just want to put a spotlight on the Emmys and on television because it, it is an important industry that has gotten better and kind of revolutionized the way that we see entertainment from streaming services, reality shows and all the way around. So I want to include it in here. So again, I'm just kind of going off what I know about these shows. I haven't seen all these shows. I've heard a lot about these shows, but I'm still going to give my predictions on what I think will win. You can take my opinion on this with a grain of salt. You can go for somebody else's, but these are what I think will win the Emmys this year. And I'm going to start out in the comedy categories, and I'm just going to go over the major categories that will be in play. So again, comedy, the drama, and the, the limited series, and, and that's where I'll stop. So some categories to get through, but those are the major ones that I will be covering right now. So going on to comedy series first, and the nominees are Shit's Creek, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, The Good Place, Insecure, What We Do in the Shadows, Dead to Me, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and The Kaminsky Method. So what I've been really hearing a lot about, it seems like it's a two-way battle between The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Shit's Creek. And again, talking about Fleabag last year, that was the one that kind of came out of nowhere, surprised everybody, and was just a juggernaut from beginning to end. And talking about 
Shit's Creek. I this is a show that I actually watched, and I have to say it was hysterical. I loved it. I was one of those people that did find it on Netflix, as a lot of other people have. I think it's a show that is beloved by many, including people in the Academy for Television. So I think this is one that people will select. I think Shit's Creek will win, but if there is one to watch out for, I think it is the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I think that could potentially come out and snatch a lot of people. And again, you also have to think about it when talking about the Emmys in during quarantining television watching was the number one thing that people were doing again movie theaters were shut down concert venues were shut down you couldn't really go to a lot of places or look at a lot of things for entertainment and television was one of those so a lot of these shows and a lot of members of the academy that were voting probably had a lot of time to watch these shows that they liked so this could be a a a year where you're not just going for the favor you're going for what you thought was the best show but i think a lot of people overall will be going for schitt's creek if there's one that a potential dark horse. I do think it is insecure. I do think that because of the message that insecure sends, especially in the times that we live in now, it's very poignant and Academy members alike might look at that and select it as the winner. So Schitt's Creek is my favorite to win. If not, my alternative would be The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and my dark horse would be insecure for the win. Moving on now to comedy actress. The nominees in this category are Catherine O'Hara for Schitt's Creek, Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Issa Rae for Insecure, Christina Applegate for Dead to Me, Linda Cardellini for Dead to Me, and Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish. So an incredible stack of leading actresses here. But if I were going to go for one, it would be going back to the Schitt's Creek and keeping that momentum going. It would be for Catherine O'Hara. I love her and I love her character as Moira in this show. I think people love Catherine O'Hara as a person. They want to give her a win for this. And I think they're going to give Schitt's Creek the love that it deserves. And Catherine O'Hara will be taking home the Emmy on Emmy night on Sunday. Moving on to comedy actor, the nominees in this category are Eugene Levy for Schitt's Creek, Rami Youssef for Rami, Ted Danson for The Good Place, Michael Douglas for The Kaminsky Method, Don Cheadle for Black Monday, and Anthony Anderson for Blackish. While my personal favorite in this would be Anthony Anderson, I love him in that show and I love him overall as, as a comedian. He is hysterical. I do think riding out that Schitt's Creek wave, it's going to be Eugene Levy for the win. He's another person of mine that is hysterical. American Pie, he will always be remembered as being Jim's dad, so I'll always know him for that. But he made a really big impression on Schitt's Creek. And even though his son was the creator of that show, having him kind of be on it is, I think, a really big poignant factor in it as well. One person I would love to see win the Emmy after his surprise Golden Globe win in January would be Rami Youssef. His show is based in Jersey. I'm a Jersey guy. I live in Jersey. So representing there, that would be awesome. To have him as kind of being a dark horse is incredible. And the fact that his show really kind of rose to prominence because of that Golden Globe win, and it seems like his show is only getting better and better, it'd be great for him to kind of ride that high as well. I just think he's coming in on the tales of a Goliath being that is Shit's Creek right now. So I still give Eugene Levy the win for comedian comedic actor and moving on to comedy best supporting actress the nominees are alex borstein for the marvelous mrs Maisel, 
Annie Murphy for Schitt's Creek, to R.C. Corden for The Good Place, Kay McKinnon for Saturday Night Live, Yvonne Orji for Insecure, Marianne Hinkle for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Betty Giplin for Glow, and Cecilia Strong for Saturday Night Live. So I think this comes down like the comedy series battle. It'll be between The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Schitt's Creek, Annie Murphy, Alex Borstein. But I do think Alex Borstein takes this win. I do think because of the way that the Emmys, from what I've seen over the last few years, once somebody starts winning and they just keep performing at that kind of same level, season in, season out, they like to kind of keep that wave going for till the end of their time, till the end of the series comes around. So I think Alex Bornstein takes this win, but I wouldn't be surprised, again, following that Shit's Creek's wave, if Annie Murphy comes in at second place and could potentially steal this award and potentially make it a clean sweep throughout the acting categories and the top major award categories for comedy for the Netflix pop TV hit, Shit's Creek. So definitely, I think those are the top two that'll be battling for this. So keep your eyes out for those two to take the trophy. But my winner right now, if I'm picking somebody to check off my ballot box, it's Alex Bornstein for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And then moving on to the final comedy section that I'll be talking about, and that is Best Comedy Supporting Actor, and the nominees are Dan Levy for Schitt's Creek, Tony Shalhoub for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Mahershala Ali for Rami, Sterling K. Brown for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Alan Arkin for The Kaminsky Method, Keenan Thompson for Saturday Night Live, William Jackson Harper for The Good Place, and Andre Bauer for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I would, again, kind of talking about Best Comedy Supporting Actress, I think, again, Tony Shalhoub is somebody who has won this every single year that a marvelous Mrs. Maisel has been on. So I would usually put him as my number one. However, talking about that potential clean sweep if Annie Murphy does win for Best Supporting Actress for Shit's Creek, I do think Dan Levy wins this and comes out on top. I think watching Shit's Creek, the best evolved character throughout each season of that show has been Dan Levy's character. I think if you talk about the heart of the show, it is his character that kind of is the emotional core of it. And so I think it would be great for him to get it. I think Dan Levy himself is going to come away with many, many Emmys on Sunday night from whether it's directing or writing or being one of the producers on the show and his own Emmy for acting. I think this could be a really big night for Dan Levy, and I'm marking him off to win the Emmy for Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. But Tony Shalhoub would be my number one choice, or or my second choice, but my number one is Dan Levy for that role. And so now I'm going to be moving on to the limited series categories now, and I'm going to start out in the acting categories, and I'm going to start in the supporting categories, and I'm going to start out with actor, and the nominee for Best Movie Limited Supporting Actor are Jim Parsons for Hollywood, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II for Watchmen, Louis Gossett Jr. for Watchmen, Titus Burgess for The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Yovan Abdio for Watchmen, and Dylan McDiarmid for Hollywood. So a lot of competition in this category for both Hollywood and Watchmen. And sometimes, and I know this from the Oscars at least, where if you have somebody in the same category that's in the same movie, usually that would split the vote and the person that might be in third place would shoot up through the rankings and take that spot, the number one spot, and win gold at the Oscars. And the same thing could be said for the Emmys. Yet, sometimes, and this also can happen in 
in in the in the Academy Awards as well, is that sometimes one performance is so great that people might lean towards one performance over the other. And I think that's what's going to happen in both drama and also in the limited movie categories as well for acting. And I think with this one, you could go either way. I think it's either going to be Yahya Abdul-Mateen II for Watchmen. But watching Hollywood, while I thought it was an okay show, Jim Parsons really did sh- did shine through this acting and through this show that he did. And if you know him as I do and as many other people do as being the lovable, innocent Sheldon, then seeing this will just be a complete 180 for what you know Jim Parsons to do. And I think really kind of puts him in being a really serious actor that he has been for a while. But I think this show really showcases the range that Jim Parsons can really take his performance and take people throughout the show. So I think what Yaya did, I think was really good and interesting. And I think the writing for his character takes a lot of really cool turns that makes it more complex than you originally think when you originally watch the show. But I think from beginning to end, I think Jim Parsons gives the better performance. So I'm giving him my number one spot to take the Emmy for Hollywood. And my second would be Yaya Abdul-Mateen as my dark horse to upset Jim Parsons and take that Emmy. But right now I have Jim Parsons locked in on my ballot for Hollywood. Then moving on to Best Movie Limited Supporting Actress, the nominees are Gene Smart for Watchmen, Tony Collette for Unbelievable, Uzo Abdul for Mrs. America, Margot Mar- Martindale for Mrs. America, Tracy Altman for Mrs. America, and Holland Taylor for Hollywood. So I think the, kind of like what Game of Thrones did last year, I I think the three actresses in the one show, specifically for this category with Mrs. America, will X each other out. And I think you're going to see either Hollywood. I don't think Holland Taylor really has a shot. It's going to come down to the Watchmen and unbelievable actresses between Tony Collette and Gene Smart. Personally, if it was up to me, even though I did like Gene Smart in Watchmen, I just... I, I didn't get as emotionally hooked in as I did with other characters in that show. And I really did think that she was one of the weaker, all due respect to her, I still think she gave a good performance, but her character was one of the weaker ones that had some uh, impact in the story. But I, thinking about the characters in that show, I could take her out and I still feel like the show is still great without that specific character, even though it still has a, a, a resonant impact from the comic books and ties in really well with the show. I still don't think it was as impactful as what Tony Collette did in Unbelievable. I thought she was phenomenal in that show. And as she did with I'm Thinking of Ending Things from Hereditary, she is proving that she is just one hell of an actress. And I would personally give it to Tony Collette for Unbelievable. So I would give... I would give my number one still to Gene Smart, even though personally I still think I would choose Tony Collette for Unbelievable. But because Unbelievable didn't have that strong of a nomination morning as Watchmen did, where it led the pack with, I think it was 26 Emmy nominations in total, I think a lot a lot of waves are riding in the face of Watchmen. So I think Gene Smart could pull it out because of that wave going forward and because the wave of Unbelievable is a little bit smaller than that of Watchmen. So unfortunately, again, she's still really good. I, she's an incredible actress. I thought she was good in Watchmen. It's just the character I thought was one of the weaker ones in the show. 
I, I'd personally give it to Tony Collette, but I think if I'm putting on my analyst cap, I would still give it to Gene Smart for Watchmen. Just because that show is riding such a huge wave right now, I think they'll give it to her in recognition for her contribution on the show. So number one would be Gene Smart, but don't count out Tony Collette for potentially taking one of the only wins home for Unbelievable, which I highly recommend checking out. I watched it last September, and it was unbelievable. It was such a good show. I think it came out at a time where if it came out maybe a month or two ago or maybe at the beginning of this year, there could have been bigger waves for it. I just think the the buzz for it has died down because it came out at around this time last year. So definitely put down Gene Smart as your number one. As a dark horse, I would make sure to watch out for Tony Collette for Unbelievable. And moving on now to Best Movie Limited Actor, and the nominees are... Mark Ruffalo for I Know This Much Is True, Paul Mescal for Normal People, Hugh Jackman for Bad Education, Jeremy Irons for Watchmen, and Jeremy Pope for Hollywood. So I feel like this one is really coming down to two phenomenal actors, especially when they're at their A-game in, in film, and that is between Mark Ruffalo, the Hulk, and Hugh Jackman, a.k.a. the Wolverine. And if I had to choose between these two, I know Mark Ruffalo gave an exceptional performance as two people, one that has schizophrenia, and I know this much is true, but I think there's a bigger wave to be had with Hugh Jackman winning this Emmy. I think he would have been, if if Bad Education was premiered at TIFF last year, was picked up by a studio for a theatrical release, I think we're talking about Hugh Jackman potentially getting some Oscar buzz like he's getting Emmy buzz right now and potentially landing a nomination. And I think because he's in the Emmy race right now, he has a better shot at this performance of winning for what he did. He was the highlight of that film. He gave in a heart-wrenching gut performance in which he is just this villainous character, but at the same time, you feel for him in the way. And Hugh Jackman does a great job of doing that. Yet at the same time, what Mark Ruffalo does and becoming two people is is incredible. And I think a lot of, whether it's the Emmys or the Oscars, they always accredit people for the physical transformations that they can give as well. So the Emmys might go Mark Ruffalo here, but I'm putting him as my dark horse, my number two, and I'm giving Hugh Jackman my check on the ballot box. And I think he is going to win Best Movie Limited Actor, and he will take it for Bad Education. Moving on to Best Movie Limited Actress in a limited series, and the nominees are... Regina King for Watchmen, Kate Blanchett for Mrs. America, Shara Haas for Unorthodox, Kerry Washington for Little Fires Everywhere, and Octavia Spencer for Self Made. And again, I love Kerry Washington. I love Octavia Spencer. It seems like Shara Haas is going to be a big up and comer in the next few years. This really becomes a race between two gold standard actresses in the industry right now, and that is Regina King and Kate Blanchett. And if I had to choose one right now, again, continuing that wave like I did with Gene Smart, I I think Regina King is going to take this, and she is by far the best performance that is put on screen in Watchmen. She just delivers a, a rousing, incredible performance while also kicking bunt, having an emotional core to her as well, 
Everyone knows who Angela Abar is. So I think Regina King is going to take this. But don't count out the queen, Kate Blanchett, just yet either. This is one of her, I think, her first Emmy nomination. So when you have a gold standard like Kate Blanchett as well, who is kind of transitioning, like a lot of uh, acclaimed, accredited actors and actresses are to television because of the great material that is being put on air, then I think the Academy might give it to her as well. But I would still put my love and all my cookies in the Regina King jar. And I think she is going to win this category fairly well and continue the run that Watchmen will be on on Sunday night. So Regina King gets my number one vote, but don't count out Kate Blanchett just yet. But at the same time, make sure to check Regina King on that ballot box and watch out for Kate Blanchett. Then moving on to the final category in limited series, and that is best limited series. And the nominees are Watchmen, Mrs. America, Unorthodox, Unbelievable, and Little Fires Everywhere. Again, I loved Unbelievable. I thought it was fantastic, but this is far away, bar none, Watchmen's award to lose. That show was just, it it was a landmark. It really was for both television and in, in the comic book genre as well, for both television and movies. And the way that it was not just about superheroes, but it was also very timely. It talked about race and politics and gentrification. And right now, not to not that Damon Lindelof was looking into the future, but that that story that Watchmen tells is incredibly prevalent to what we are dealing with right now in America. So I think the wave of Watchmen is just getting higher and higher. And I think this is that this is the the the, the category where I always talk about it with the Academy Awards is that there is always one or two categories where you just check it and you leave it alone and don't think about it again. This is one of them. I think you check Watchmen off as winning best limited series and you don't worry about it anymore. You just see the, what the results are on Emmy night. I think we're going to see Watchmen's name called. We're going to see Damon Lindelof win and we're going to see this incredible show get the recognition it deserves. Watchmen is winning best limited series. And moving on to the final categories of the night, and that belongs to the drama categories. And a lot of tension going into these categories. So we're going to start out in the acting categories, as we have done for the other ones. And starting out in Best Drama Supporting Actor, the nominees are Billy Crudup for The Morning Show, Kieran Culkin for Succession, Matthew McFadden for Succession, Giancarlo Esposito for Better Call Saul, Bradley Whitford for The Handmaid's Tale, Jeffrey Wright for Westworld, Nicholas Braun for Succession, and Mark Duplass for The Morning Show. So Succession has a real legit shot here. And again, as I was talking about in the limited series category where... Well, this this category has two shows. It's Succession and The Morning Show, where they have multiple nominees in this category. And so it could split the vote two ways, three ways. And again, somebody like a Bradley Whitford, a Giancarlo Esposito could shoot right up and take this award because everyone else could split the vote amongst their own shows. Again, but like I said, there could be a performance that tilts the way of the others. And I think this year we're going to see that happen in Best Supporting Actor in a Drama Series. And I think that's going to go to Kieran Culkin for Succession. I thought he was incredible 
in the show, playing the a-hole brother. But at the same time, especially in the second season, you start to see a little bit of emotion and some kind of soul in this this horrible person. And I think Kieran Culkin does an incredible job of it. I think Matthew McFadden is great. I think Nicholas Braun does a great job as well. And between McFadden and Braun's relationship and chemistry in the second season, it's great. But I think Kieran Culkin takes the mantle from both of those. I think he is going to come out on top and will sway the vote more his way. And I think he is going to win for succession and supply succession with one of its first major wins of the night. So I have Kieran Culkin taking this award. I wouldn't be surprised if potentially maybe instead of going to Kieran Culkin, maybe they go to Matthew McFadden. But if they don't go that route, then I think a dark horse could be Billy Crudup for the morning show. I think he was incredible in that and was one of the one out of two acting highlights that really stood out to me. And I was rooting for his character. I loved his character. So I think he could be a potential dark horse. But I would put my checkbox next to Kieran Culkin on my battle, my ballot box for succession. And then moving on to best supporting actress in a drama series, the nominees are Helena Bonham Carter for The Crown, Julie Garner for Ozark, Sarah Snook for Succession, Meryl Streep for Big Little Lies, Daddy Newton for Westworld, Laura Dern for Big Little Lies, Fiona Shaw for Killing Eve, and Samara Wiley for The Handmaid's Tale. And I think this category is incredible because there's an immense, phenomenal talent in this category. And I remember last year when Big Little Lies was coming out, I've never watched the show, but I heard about the buzz that the cast was coming in with. And of course, the big one was getting Meryl Streep for season two. And I remember everyone was just saying, clear the category, clear it all. Meryl Streep is going to win it, bar none. And I don't think she's the clear-cut favorite to win this category. And again, it speaks to her performance, It speaks, which is phenomenal from what I've heard. And it speaks to the other incredible talent that came through from performances by these leading or supporting ladies in these television shows. And I think the the winner of last year's, which was Julie Garner for Ozark, will repeat this year. And I know a lot of people have Helena Bonham Carter taking this Emmy. I have her as my runner-up. I still give it to Julie Garner for Ozark. I think her character arc in this season is heartbreaking. You get the same kind of swagger and root that you've got in in other seasons. You get a relationship out of her with somebody. It's just just an incredible range that Julie Garner shows in this series of Ozark. I think alongside her, she stands up next to Laura Linney and Jason Bateman, who are also exceptional in the show as well. She stands toe-to-toe to all of them and outshines them in some of the scenes that they're in, especially with Laura Linney. And I think she is going to take this Emmy and win, beating out Helena Bonham Carter. But again, I think she would be my runner-up. And I think Sarah Snook, continuing that wave of, of, of range and wins for succession, on Emmy night could be the one that takes it, but I still have Julie Garner winning and she is the actress that I am checking off my ballot box for this category. And then moving on to best actor in a drama series, the nominees are Jeremy Strong for Succession, Brian Cox for Succession, Jason Bateman for Ozark, Billy Porter for Pose, Steve Carell for The Morning Show, and Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us. So again, like I was talking about in the limited series acting categories and with best drama for an actor, a supporting actor rather, 
This one could go three ways, and it's going to be very interesting because I think a lot of people are looking at Jeremy Strong and Brian Cox for taking this award some way, somehow. But again, going to that a lot, the reasoning that I have for the Oscars is that when you have two incredible performances, I think one cuts the other one. So you say, well, Jeremy Strong is great, but I love Brian Cox too. So that could kind of split the vote. And then you have somebody like Jason Bateman shoot up and he could take the Emmy as well. So I wouldn't be shocked. I think Jason Bateman would be my dark horse. I don't think that I would have him as my number one because again, like I was saying, one could favor the other one where they say, you know what? I, I think we all love Jeremy Strong's performance or we all love Brian Cox's performance and they put all their baskets or all their eggs in that particular actor's basket. And I think that's what's going to happen. So it's just a matter of which actor do they give more their eggs to. And I think as much as I love Jeremy Strong's character, especially in the second season, I thought Brian Cox was phenomenal in season two of Succession, more so than he was in season one. I thought the range that he was given, I thought the storylines that he that he had to give, the quips, the, the comedy, but the, the the fear that he imposes on everybody. And when you read the interviews from people like Jeremy Strong, Kieran Culkin, Snare Snook, that even though Brian Cox is a great guy, even when they weren't acting and they were just getting ready for scenes, he still had that imposing figure on him. So that speaks to who Brian Cox is, how great of an actor he is, and how phenomenal he is in this role. And he just chews up every single scene that he is in. He is the best actor by far and none. He's just, whenever he's on screen, you turn your attention to him and you wait to see what he does. So I think Brian Cox wins this Emmy. I think he he takes it over Jeremy Strong and Jason Bateman and Logan Roy succeeds once again that he is the winner above everybody else. And I think it continues the wave of succession that will happen on Emmy night on Sunday. So I have Brian Cox taking the Emmy for best actor in a drama series. And then moving on to the final acting category for this Emmy's night, this Emmy's year, and that is best drama or best performance by an actress in a drama series. And the nominees are Laura Linney for Ozark, Jennifer Aniston for The Morning Show, Olivia Coleman for The Crown, Zendaya for Euphoria, Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, and Sandra Oh for Killing Eve. So first off, I want to say congratulations to Zendaya for earning her first time Emmy at, at, at such a young age. She's incredible in Euphoria, and I can't wait to see... The, the character of Ruth and, and her range as an actress grow from that series. I think she's going to do some incredible things and maybe one day she will win the Emmy for Euphoria or some other show or limited series that she does. I just think tonight or rather Sunday night isn't the night that happens with and I think getting the nomination is the win and representing Euphoria is the major get for that show. It's going to come down between Laura Linney and Jennifer Aniston for the morning show and Laura Linney for for Ozark. When you look at Laura Linney, she the evolution of her character in Ozark follows kind of what happens with Heisenberg in Breaking Bad where she is somebody who is is a scared mother, a scared wife who is just looking to protect her family, but as 
each season progresses, you see her become more invested and insertive in the money laundering and the cartel business that occurs in Ozark. And she just becomes somebody that is vulnerable, but strong and fierce and scary and sometimes is emotionless in some of the actions that she carries out. And I thought she was the standout or, or one of the, 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 the two standouts in season three of Ozark. And I would have her as my number one, but I've been going back and forth between this a lot. And I, I at one point I have Laura Linney, but at another point I have Jennifer Aniston for The Morning Show. And overall, I thought The Morning Show was good. I thought it established a nice parameter. I thought it dealt with heavy topics like Me Too. I thought it had some laughs. It's, it's a good show. But Jennifer Aniston is what makes it a standout show. And I said this when I reviewed The Morning Show a few months ago when I watched it. And I, I know that she's remembered and known for her role as Rachel in Friends. She does the rom-coms and some drama performances and films. But what she does in the morning show, I think, is her overall best performance of her career. I think she makes that show to a level that is really, really good and elevates it over everybody else in that show. And Billy Crudup stands next to her as my number two favorite performance on that show. But she just brings it every single scene that she is in. And like I was saying with Brian Cox, where every single time you watch him, it's magnetic. You just focus on what he's doing. And honestly, I felt the same way watching Jennifer Aniston on The Morning Show. I thought the emotion, the tragedy that she brought to her performance as Alex, where you kind of get really an in-depth look of what it could be like to be an anchor on a morning show, and especially a woman who deals with with a sexist, misogynistic workplace that sometimes the morning show could be, and kind of seeing her try to try to try to fight through this Me Too movement or, or really kind of just navigate through it and everything that happens on that show and try to hold herself up as a powerful woman and dealing with her family and, and her career. She brings it every single time and she's magnetic in every single scene. You want to know what she's going to do. And again, like I said, I think people know her as Rachel for Friends. I think she'll always be known for that. But this is the best performance of her career. I can't wait to see what she does in season two and so on if it gets renewed for many more over the next few years. But I think Jennifer Anderson could take this award. She's won the SAG. And if I follow my senses for what the Academy Award does, especially in following acting, I think getting a SAG helps out for winning the Best Actress Award. And I think Jennifer Aniston steals this for Laura Linney. And she is my favorite to win Best Actress in a Drama Series. And I, But I still have Laura Linney as my number two, as my runner-up. I think she could potentially take this award, but I think Laura Linney is... Oh, not Laura Linney, but Jennifer Aniston is my favorite to win this. And it would be great to see her on the stage to win for, I think, of what is a phenomenal performance that she deserves to win for. I think she is the best performance next to Billy Crudup, who would be, again, my number two of what I love about that show. So I hope she wins it. I'm rooting for her, and I think we're going to see her, whether it's it's on a camera, accepting that award for Best Actress in a Drama Series. And then the final award, the major one, the Best Picture version of the Emmys will come down to Best Drama Series. And the nominees for this category are Succession, Ozark, The Crown, Better Call Saul, The Mandalorian, The Handmaid's Tale, Killing Eve, and Stranger Things. So 
for my dark horse for this category, I would love for Star Wars and Disney Plus and Mandalorian to continue this wave that they have been on for their first season and snag that best drama series win. Unfortunately, I just have them as my dark horse right now. I don't think they're going to take this award. I think it's going to come down to the battle between Succession and Ozark, HBO and Netflix, which has always kind of been the battle for the last few years in terms of which service, which company is going to have the better night. And I think it's going to come down to these two. And I think Ozark would be my runner up and Succession would be my winner for this award. I really, I I binge watched Ozark during the summer. I really enjoyed it. I, I thought the acting is incredible. And I think for what it is, it lives up to what what it can be. And I think what Ozark is, it's a good standard crime procedure that has great performances and delivers what you expect. But what Succession does is something different where it has great performances, but it has incredible cinematography, but it also, and it has great writing, great storytelling that you don't know what to expect. You don't know what backstabbing is going to happen. You don't know who's going to turn on who. At the end of the day, the family comes together for insane reasons, no matter what. The characters, again, are interesting. The dialogue is witty and, and has humor in there, but serious moments as well. So I think the wave of succession, even though it's been more than a year since it premiered, I think the wave continues. It carries, and I think succession wins this award. But again, Ozark is the runner-up, and the big thing that Ozark really benefited from and and the the crew and the producers really do agree with it is the fact that it came out in March right when the pandemic really hit hard for a lot of people. People were staying at home again wondering what to watch on whether it's Netflix or HBO, what to what kind of entertainment can we get? And Ozark was one of those avenues and I think it really hit a peak point for that show where people were talking about it for a few months and it really hit a, a high wave whereas Succession never I think really hit that because it was out for so long and Ozark was just hitting this March. So I wouldn't be surprised if Ozark took the Emmy. However, I think when whenever you bring Succession up, you just there's so many things to rattle off about it that you can just talk about it for an hour or so. I really don't think you can really say that about Ozark. But there's things and I think people enjoy that maybe the 1% is really like this, like the Murdochs or the Trumps. And so I, I think Succession is the one to take this award. But I would love for chaos to ensue and to have my dark horse, the Mandalorian, take this award. But I just don't think that's the case. I think the the win for the Mandalorian, if the, the nomination is the win. I would love to see it nominated if it lives up to the hype as the first season and the Emmy voting brands likes it enough where they keep voting for it for seasons to come. And maybe, like Game of Thrones in a few seasons from now, it has kind of a wave where a sci-fi film can win an Emmy for best drama series. So I have The Mandalorian as my dark horse. I have Ozark as my runner-up. But the one that I have winning it all, completing the high that Succession will be on on Sunday night is Succession winning best drama series. And those are my predictions for the Emmys this year. What do you guys think about my predictions? Do you agree with me? Do you not agree with me? I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. And also let me know in in my Twitter feed and let me know 
at the post and leave your comments below. And that's going to do for this edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out my channel for more content. You can check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, SoundCloud, and much more. Also, make sure to tune in onto the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions and be sure to check out the other amazing shows that are on there, such as You Mad Bro, the number one source to see what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis. Also, check out Goal Driven Professionals geared toward improving client relations, return on investment, and customer acquisition costs for independent businesses and services. Also, check out The Daily Grind, a weekly motivational podcast with Kelly Johnson giving you everyday tips and key takeaways on reaching your goals. Along the way, check out these other awesome shows that are on the podcast solutions, such as Wrestle Attic Radio, Fretzelmania Podcast, and Midnight Showing. You can check these out and so much more on the website, ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com, also on Facebook and Twitter at Real Ambiguous. And if you want to check out Candy Beach Treehouse, use the coupon code AMBIGUOUS. Also, when you get a chance, make sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Basile Samuel. That's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L. Again, that's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L. And on Facebook at Sam Basile. Guys, thank you again so much for tuning in. Enjoy the Emmys on Sunday night. I'll have my aftermath recapping if my predictions were right or not, what won. I'll have that on Monday along with so much more. So have a great weekend. And until next time, or until Monday rather, keep on screening.